Merry Christmas again, everybody. As I was uh, thinking about this year, particularly, I, and this Christmas, particularly, I don't know, at least for me, maybe it's true for you, I don't know if there is really a Christmas that will be as appreciated as much as this one. And I think the biggest reason why is, uh, I guess you could summarize all of it up into to three things. When Christmas has come, what Christmas means, and why it's such a great thing. Uh, you could see the when, not just December 25th, but the end of the year. And not just any year, but the end specifically of this year, 2020. And what this day means is this day means a break. It means a chance for us to pause and to unplug and to get some much-needed R&R. And why this is so great is because if you've had a pulse throughout 2020, you know we're just done with this year. Right? What a way to end what has been a year that we cannot say goodbye to fast enough. That you are probably like me, you're over this year, you're ready to flip to January 2021, take the 2020 calendar, cut it up, burn it, dig a hole, throw the ashes in, bury it, and, and like never look back. I want to remember this year. And as great as I think of what this day is and just being just that, right, this reprieve and this rest, if that's all it is for you, you're missing out on so much more, right? For the world, we know that is all it is. For so many people, maybe for some of you here today, that is what it is. But there is so much more that this day has to offer to you and to me. And you can answer it in the when and the what and the why, which is exactly what the Apostle Paul is going to do for us in what you might call Christmas according to Paul. Now, I have a feeling most of you here are used to coming to the Christmas service. You're used to hearing that classic story, the nostalgic Luke chapter 2. You said it when you were a kid. You've got kids who then said it, and so on. And it's maybe not as nostalgic as that story. And maybe some of you are used to hearing Christmas according to the Gospel of John, right? The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And I'll admit, it's probably not as deep as those simple words in the simple way John puts it. But Christmas, according to Paul, is very simple, short, succinct, impactful, and to the point. And, and Paul boils down the entire Christmas message into two verses that, as I say them, you probably have them memorized. Galatians chapter 4, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. I don't know if you could simplify Christmas any more than that. <laughs> 33 words. 33 words that I believe are worth committing to memory. 33 words that explain why this day we pull out the stops. We, we've been showing how it's all worth the hype for, for a whole month now. 33 words that have the potential not just to be life-changing now, but eternity-changing then words for you. 33 words where Paul explains the full 
impact, meaning the why, the what, and the when of Christmas. First, Paul starts with the when of Christmas, and I'm going to leave these words up on the screen because we're going to keep looking at them. The first thing he says is the when, but when the set time had fully come, and this is so essential to understanding this day. When the set time had fully come, this is Paul's way of basically summarizing literally thousands and thousands and thousands of years of waiting. Waiting of humanity, waiting of the world, waiting on behalf of God's people to make good on a promise to fix what is so wrong and so broken with this world because regardless of whatever it is you believe, whether you're a Christian, whether you're a skeptic, whether you don't believe, whatever it is, I think the one thing that every single person in the world can agree on is this world is messed up. No matter what you believe, everybody understands this world is not what it's supposed to be. The fighting and the bickering and the arguing and the murders and the wars and the injustice and unfairness and oppression, everybody can see this world is so, so not what it should be. And if you were to contact Trace, all that's wrong with this world, go back to its source, you would end up with the source being the very first two people that God made, Adam and Eve. Of course, if you know that story, you know it wasn't always this way. They had God. They had everything. They had a world and existence without sin, without any brokenness, until they sinned. Until tempted by the devil, they believed the lie that God was holding out on them, that they should be more than what God has laid out for them, and they sinned. But they didn't just mess up their life, they messed up your life. They messed up the world. The world was cursed. 2020, proof, right? Don't need to look any further. Ever since then, the brokenness and everything that's been messed up from the world we have been affected by it, and we've been suffering the effects. Humanity has been suffering the effects ever since. But God acted. God did not leave us. God did not leave the world to their own devices and say, okay, well, figure it out. He didn't leave us to the suffering. He made a plan and a promise. And that's what Paul's talking about. He made a plan and a promise to fix what is messed up with this world. He made a plan and a promise to send a Savior to fix all of the problems of this world. And that's what Paul's talking about right here. In fact, the entire Old Testament is just pointing ahead right to this moment. If you wanted to, you could read the story of creation, Adam and Eve, get to the fall into sin, get to that promise, skip the entire rest of the Old Testament if you wanted to, and go right to the Christmas story, New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. Because everything else is just God setting up the world for this. For the set time to fully come. That's why this day is a big deal. God's plan to fix everything that's wrong with the world. Right here. And if that's the when, Paul says then, what's the what? And he goes on next. God sent his son, born of a woman. That's what this day is all about, right? 
birthday of a baby boy. But not just any baby boy, not just any son, but God's son, born of a woman. God's answer to the problem of this world, your and my problem, is a son, is himself, is Emmanuel, right? You know what that means. God with us, God in the flesh, God coming to you himself. And if you're wondering why in the world God would do such a thing, I guess the simple answer is to show you he gets it. To show you that God would come right himself into human history, to show you that he is not just some abstract, unapproachable, distant God up there in a heavenly control room, pulling some levers, pushing some buttons, totally disconnected to what's going on down here, what's going on in your life, just the opposite. He was born of a woman, just like you and me. Flesh and blood, he took it on lived in this world, suffered the pain and the effects of sin just like you and I do. To show you he gets it. To show you that if, you, if you've ever been rejected by friends and family, he gets it. If you've ever been so exhausted at the end of the day, that all you want to do is just retreat to some, have some solace and quiet, and yet people are still clamoring for your attention, and they need you, he gets it. That if you've been so heartbroken by the loss of a loved one that has brought you to tears, he gets it. That if you have been insulted and mocked and abused, he gets it. If you've been betrayed, and suffered oppression and injustice, he, he gets it. Because he came, born of a woman, put himself in your shoes. The pain, the hurt, the heartache, the sorrow, the grief, the frustration, the effects of this messed up world, your God entered into it. Born of a woman, like you and me, to show you he gets it. Which I guess then leaves us the why. Why, why would God's answer be to leave heaven and write himself into our existence? Why, why would his answer be to come in the flesh? And more than that, why would we care so much? Like, why this day? Why do we celebrate this day? Why do we hype this day? Why do we anticipate this day? Why do we pull out the stops during this day? And why more than this day? Why would you care so much that you wouldn't just come see God once a year, twice a year, but Sunday after Sunday, better than that day after day, better than that hour after hour, have your thoughts slingshot to him, have your prayers go out to him? Why would he be the thing that you center your life on and dedicate your life to? Why, why is Christmas and why is this Jesus such a big deal? And the why of Christmas is what Paul answers next. Because he wasn't just born of a woman. He was born under the law to redeem those under the law. And that last phrase, or excuse me, that first phrase, born under the law, won't make sense unless you understand the last phrase, to redeem those under the law. 
You know what it means to be born under the law or to be under the law? A simple way to put it is that there is a standard of something that you have to obey and follow that is above you, and if you don't obey it, there will be consequences and it will judge you. Right? Simply put, if you left here today and you were so happy, so thrilled, or so running late for something that you decided to fly down exchange here or Highway 1 at 100 miles an hour and a cop pulls you over, you could not say to that officer, it's a free country officer. Right? You could not say to that officer, well, you think I was doing something bad, but, you know, let's kind of agree to disagree here. You would say, no, there's a standard, there's a law that you broke, and there's consequences, there's a punishment, and that is how God works. There is a standard, there is a law that God has over all of creation, over all of humanity to follow and obey. And if you wanted to summarize God's law, I guess you could really summarize it in one word. Love God and love your neighbor. And not a love that you get to define what it is, but love in the way that God defines what love is, the one who is love. Love God with all your hearts and soul and strength and mind to the point that he is your reason for living, to glorify him, to magnify him, to praise him, to center your being and existence around him, to prioritize him so much. He's not just a day. He's not just a one thing during the week. He's, he's everything. He's not an afterthought. He's not something that you think of, well, I've got, uh, I guess I've got some spare time. I can go ahead and spend it with God. No, he is what you spend your time around, and spare time goes elsewhere. Of course, his law is not just about him, but it's about others. Love your neighbor. Not just those who are like you, you get along with, who share your personality and preferences and opinions, but those who are different than you, who maybe don't have the same political ideals and opinions and beliefs that you do, who maybe have a couple different styles and preferences than you do. Love them. Love those people even when they are a jerk to you. And when someone treats you harshly and they hurt you, you, you don't you don't repay them back with that. You instead say, no, how would I want to be treated? That's how I'm going to treat them. That if you have a spouse who in the moment, in the anger, they forget their vows, you would still remember yours. And you would love them. Love God. Love your neighbor. Do what's best for them, no matter who it is, no matter what it costs. That's God's law. That's the standard that we're under, except, do you know what the problem is? The problem is, most of the times for us, we don't see ourselves as under it, but instead we, we look at the law as if it's something we're kind of next to. We're on the same level of the law, or even worse than that, it's, it's below us. We're above the law. That somehow it's something that we can just kind of excuse or explain away and think we're, we're somehow kind of exempt from it. It doesn't apply to us. Well, yeah, I suppose I should have prioritized God here, but I mean, I'm just so busy. I've got all of these things going on. I think he'll understand, right? And yeah, I, you know, I should have loved them, but you know, do you know the whole story? They, they started it. And what they did, they don't deserve 
my love to begin with. And, and you know, I, you're right, I did that terrible thing, but it could have been way worse. I mean, look at that person. Look at what they did. At least it wasn't like them, right? It's like talking to that officer who pulls you over and say, well, yeah, I was speeding, but hey, at least I was wearing my seatbelt. You know, check my, check my registration. That's all up to date, officer, right? That's got to count for something. And you know, officer, I'm sure I wasn't the only one speeding today. And, and you know, I have a really good excuse. I was running late. And there were cars out on the road, so I... I had to hit the gas. But the thing is, you don't get to pick and choose what to keep, what not to keep, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see, what you want to reinterpret. No, you, it's, it's a standard that you're under. And to be quite frank, you broke it. Every one of us. And because you broke it, just like that officer would tell you, there are consequences. And you will be judged. Unless you understand this day, right? Unless you know the beauty and the peace and the joy of Christmas, unless you understand why this day means everything to us, because God sent a son born of a woman, not just to tell us that he gets what we're going through, but born under the law to redeem those under the law. In other words, he put himself in our shoes, in our place, underneath the same standard. Except he did it not as an example to show us, well, here's how you need to live, but as a substitute. So that instead of God's judgment, because of this day, you'd get God's mercy. That he used his perfect life as the down payment, if you will, as the price to buy you back from sin. Took his perfect life without sin, gave it to you so God's judgment would come on him. That's why he came. That's why God intervened. To buy you back from the law. And what do you get in return? Paul says that we might receive adoption to sonship. You ever thought about what that means? You're adopted. <laughs> I think that's great, right? Like, like God chose you when there was nothing good about you. God chose you. You and me, when we had nothing in us to, to merit being adopted, he chose you through Jesus Christ bring you into his family. And that means that no matter how little love you feel like you get from your family or friends or people on this earth, you have, you've been adopted into his family. You have a perfect heavenly father, a perfect heavenly family who loves you unconditionally and perfectly. It means that no matter how messed up your life has been, baggage that you carry around, the sins of the past that haunt you, you have a father who leaves the front door open, who always has the table set for you, and is always welcoming you in. It means that 
no matter what you recently did to mess things up and to cause so much hurt and pain for others and to cause them to reject you, you have a father who's adopted you, who won't reject you. He chose you because of Christmas. Because he sent his own son to put himself in your shoes, quite literally, put himself under the law to, to redeem you from it so that his love will pull you into his family to give you sonship, a heavenly inheritance that nothing can touch. So yeah, 2020's messed up. And we're about to close the calendar year. About to head into a new year. But as we do, no matter what the future is going to hold for us, no matter how much better or worse things get, remember Christmas. Right, remember this day, not just for 24 hours, but celebrate this day every day. Celebrate God's answer in the flesh. Because Christmas means he gets it. He knows what you're going through. He understands it way more than you might think. He suffered it. Remember Christmas, because it means, yep, as messed up as this life is, it's, it's temporary. And because of Christmas, Jesus has come to pull you out of it, to give you a time, a place, an eternity, an existence without a messed up life, but with a perfect heavenly inheritance. Merry Christmas. Amen.